Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in Five, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. I am Keith Niebuhr, and I am joined by Jason Caldwell. Together, we have over 30 years experience covering the Tigers. Of course, more than 25 of that is, is Jason's, but, uh, but the two of us together have covered the Tigers a lot. And we're going to break down Auburn's game Saturday against Mississippi State, and we'll wrap things up by uh, going in-depth on uh, some of the current recruiting battles that Auburn is involved with but Jason obviously we're not going to go into too much depth in detail on the coaching situation Auburn. we're going to break down the game however it is the topic uh, of discussion with almost every Auburn fan right now uh, obviously this is not a game Gus Malzahn can afford to lose no it's a yeah it's a it's an important game no question um when you get to the end of the year um when you have questions um you know, would would a win silence many people? It might not, but a loss is only going to make things probably even louder uh, if you lose Mississippi State. And it's it's a better Mississippi State team than it was a month ago. Are they are they a, a great team? No, but they're better than they were a month ago. Um, you know, for Auburn, um, you know, helpful that you know maybe you know get Tank Bigsby back a little bit closer to full speed. That'd be a big deal, a big help for this offense, but. No, it's a, it's a game that you absolutely uh, cannot afford to lose right now. You know, by and large, schools don't let one game determine what they do with their, their coaching situation. They look at the overall, the, uh, the big picture. So we will see. Maybe it will matter. Maybe it won't. But obviously a loss just uh, isn't going to help. Let's put it that way. But, Jason, this game is interesting because Mississippi State's got two wins. They're sitting at last place in the SEC West. However, they played Georgia to the wire just a few weeks ago. JT Daniels. Uh, Georgia's next Heisman candidate had an unbelievable passing day, but Georgia only won by a touchdown. Mississippi State follows that up with a game against Ole Miss that they easily could have won. Um, so what makes them so dangerous? They obviously made a change at quarterback, actually a few this year, but the the latest one seems like the right one, does it not? It does. And you get a guy, you know, running the offense now, a true freshman who who grew up and played in a, an air raid system. Um, we better give his name first. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rod, George, yeah. Rogers. Uh, I'm Will Rogers. Blank. Yeah. Will Rogers. I went blank. Uh, yeah. I, I um, did too. I was hoping you would, uh, you would carry yeah, me. You know, uh, but what he, what he's done is, is, is do a great job of taking what defense is giving him. I mean, early in the year, you know, LSU tried to pressure um, and, and, you know, the, the offense ate it up. Well, then teams decided, you know what, we're going to back off and, you know, it, it, it worked really well. But now you got a quarterback in there who's played and who's seen all those defenses where teams kind of sit back and don't, you know, just let you kind of dink and dunk. And he's taking those things, and they're not turning the ball over. He's completing 70% of his passes. The only quarterback 
in, in major college football to throw for a thousand yards in November without it, without an interception. Uh, and so he's done a good job of that. He kept Georgia off the field. Uh, you know, they kept the football and we've seen this Auburn defense um, struggle on third downs so, you know, that's going to be an issue tomorrow if they can't get off the field once again. They let this Mississippi State offense just keep the ball and throw it 50 or 60 times. Um, that's what you have, want to avoid for Auburn. Jason, Will Rogers, you mentioned him, freshman quarterback. Look at these stats. Uh, 169 completions, 229 attempts. You mentioned that's over 70%. It's actually 74%. 1,312 yards. But here's an interesting thing. Only six touchdown passes. Four interceptions, he's been sacked eight times. K.J. Costello, Mississippi State's other quarterback, six touchdown passes, 10 interceptions, been sacked 14 times. So Mississippi State's allowed 22 sacks this season. That's a pretty good number, a pretty high number. Uh, you know, obviously Auburn is a team that doesn't sack the quarterback a lot. But Mississippi State only has 12 touchdown passes the whole season. Who would have thought that a Mike Leach team would go? Now, granted, this is an all-conference, conference-only schedule, but who would, who would have thought that this deep into the season, a Mike Leach team would only have 12 touchdown passes? Uh, Jason, what, what do you think has been the issue for them? And obviously, Rodgers has stepped it up, but it's a lot of the shorter stuff. Take what the defenses give you. But after that first game where they just lit up LSU, uh, they really haven't put the ball in the end zone a lot. No, and no, what, what they got 12 touchdown passes. I think six of those came against LSU, um, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean – a bulk of their scoring and, and offense came early on. It's been defense, uh, and it's weird to say ball control, but it's been defense and ball control offense with a passing game recently. You're right. The thing they haven't done is is have a ton of big plays. And when you don't have a ton of big plays, it, you know, a lot of times you're kicking field goals in the passing game because it's so tough to throw the ball inside the 20-yard line and score touchdowns. And so, um, you know, they've had to kick and do some things um, and you know, had a couple of games where they didn't score. They had, had a field goal, um, you know, against uh, Kentucky, turned it over five or six times against Alabama, didn't score at all, got shut out. So there's two games that really hurt them in terms of scoring, but they picked it up again recently. And um, you're right, right. You, you know, the key is is can, can Auburn pressure with four without having to send five or six uh, and put themselves on an island outside because that's what – you know, an offense like, like Mississippi State is waiting for, is waiting for you to blitz. And if they pick it up, then they're going to find a guy that, that maybe catches the ball for four yards and, and, and turns it into 24-30. Jason, you had a great story um, this, uh, this week about Auburn's third down defense. They can't have another one of those disastrous third down defense games and, and expect to, to get out of, out of this game alive, can they? No, I mean, you, you look, and, and that's been, the, the to me, the key to the season. Um, Auburn's offense, yeah, they could have been better. Uh, kind of got it going a little bit, and then some injuries derailed them a little bit. But you look at the defense, and the defense against three-ranked teams has given up over 60% on third downs. Um, it's it's hard to, to win a game when you're giving up 60% on third downs. Uh, you know, we saw it against uh, Texas A&M the other day. Um, and, you know, you're, you're right. You look at this game, and, and, and you go, Ken Auburn – you know, have one of those games where the opponent's four or 15 on third down. If they do that, Auburn wins a football game unless they turn it over a bunch. But if you look up there and it's the middle of the fourth quarter and, and Mississippi State's, you know, seven of 11, um, you know, eight of 12, then that's that's going to be a tough deal for Auburn because they got to get the offense on the field more possessions than they've had. They've had three games this, this year where they had nine possessions or fewer. Um, it's, it's hard to get an offense rolling when you don't get the ball back. Jason, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, Gus has lost at Mississippi State twice. I want to say 2014, very good Mississippi State team. 
and then just a couple years ago. And in both those games, Auburn got off to horrible starts. Horrible. Horrible starts. And there were key turnovers in both. Everybody remembers the Booby Whitlow long run where he almost scored, fumbled at the goal line. Uh, and then I believe in the 2014 game, Auburn got off to that, that bad start. And I want to say there was some kind of turnover early in the game that, that helped set the table for Mississippi State. But one thing Auburn hasn't done too much this season is turn it over. But, boy, they're just not getting a lot of possessions, obviously. You know, you mentioned that the defense can't get off the field. And that's limiting the offense's possessions. It makes you wonder, gosh, if Auburn had four or five more turnovers this year, I mean, what, would they have two wins? I mean, they, they're just not getting a lot of possessions. But – we are seeing a little bit improvement, are we not? I mean, the Bama game, obviously, Auburn didn't score a lot of points. There was a drop touchdown pass. There were a couple decent drives. But, yeah, obviously, Bama's been crushing everybody. But we have seen some improvement in the offense. What's been the biggest reason for that, do you think? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, they showed last week, even without a healthy tank, um, you know, that one-two punch with, with him and Sean Shivers and, and Bo Nix running the ball, too. They're able to run the football. And, and that was a good Texas at AM defense that they faced. Um, you're right, you're right. With the two games that, you know, that stand out recently are, are, you know, you know, Tennessee got, you know, Tank got hurt and it kind of stalled them out a little bit. Obviously against Alabama, they needed everything to go right. And and when Tank wasn't healthy, that really took the steam out of their offense because there were some holes early on, even against Alabama defense, where a healthy Tank Bigsby, you know, might have had 40 or 50 yards rushing instead of, you know, you know 15 or 20. So to me, that's been the key issue for them. Um, but you, know, you look at this Mississippi State defense, they don't give up a ton uh, in the run game, but they've given up some big plays in the passing game. Can Auburn protect Bo Nix enough to get Anthony Schwartz down the field, to get Seth Williams down the field? To me, this is a game where you're going to have to make some big plays in the passing game. Well, Jason, you know, I don't know how motivated Mississippi State is. I don't know anything about that program, but Auburn's coming off two really disappointing losses. You, know, you got the Iron Bowl beat down, and then you've got the, the loss last week to Texas A&M. When, you know, one point Auburn led 20 to 14. If they score a touchdown on the one drive, they would have been up 10 midway through the third quarter. But do we have any idea? You know, Philip Marshall, who works with us, always says, oh, college kids don't quit. They don't give up. But well, if you're not mentally as sharp as you need to be, and if you're not at 100%, it really can have a dramatic effect on Saturday. Do we have any idea what the mental state of the program is right now? I mean, look, we're not seeing guys opt out, not guys that are playing. Um, so, I mean, that, that's a good sign. But he's still, I mean, look, why, why still be out there and go through getting beat up and practicing and on Saturdays if you didn't enjoy it and want to play? So, is that a good sign for Auburn? I think it's a good sign. I think you take that as a good sign. What you mentioned earlier, earlier, uh, bad starts. That's That's the thing that – can derail something pretty quickly this time of year in this year uh, with everything going on, a bad start could, could, could alter things in a hurry. Uh, heck just, you see that tonight in, in a rivalry game, uh, Arizona, Arizona state, Arizona gets off to a horrible start. And it's last, my last time I looked, it was 70 to seven. Oh it doesn't take much to, uh, to fall apart. And I, I don't foresee anything like that happening on either side tomorrow because both defenses are much better, but, um, yeah, I think you look at this team right now and, um, you know, I think they want to finish for a group of seniors and there's not many of them um, that have, have kind of paid their dues and they didn't get a chance to do that at home. Um, so I think for them a win to finish, you know, with a, with a winning record is a big deal. And also they, they hear the chatter out there. They, they, they're not idiots. They, they know what's, what's going on out there in the, the social media world and, and beyond that. And they uh, obviously nobody – well, we, we, we think that they hold their head coach in pretty high regard. I mean, look, there's always going to be individuals that aren't playing. And, you know, look, not everybody's always – it's not nirvana for everybody. 
Uh, but Jason, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come back with our predictions on the game and then a little bit of recruiting. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. And we're back. All right, Jason, final prediction, Auburn versus Mississippi State. What do you have? What are you thinking about this one? Yeah, I think I look at this one, and, and in the end, I think you know Mississippi State is a team that's playing really hard, but Auburn's a much more talented team, at least at the moment. Um you know, Mississippi State's kind of their depth is down a little bit on defense, especially up front. And, you know, they played pretty good against a run. But, you know, Texas A&M was a really good run defense, too. If Auburn can get it going with Tank Bigsby, then I think you have a chance to really lean on some people and get a little tempo going. Um, I could see Auburn's offense playing and, 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 and getting in rhythm a little bit more on Saturday. Um, you know, defensively, for Auburn, you make tackles. Just don't give up big plays. Um, Mississippi State's going to move the ball, I think, and, and they've done that the last couple of weeks. But I think Auburn wins the game, you know, 34-24, something like that. I guess my big concern is, you know, when you think of ball control offenses, you think of running teams. But Mississippi State, Mike Leach, they'll take the two-yard pass. And they will they're, – they're not in any hurry. They'll, they'll do what they have to do to keep a game close. And we saw them uh, with some really long drives against Georgia. That, that's a big concern. I think Auburn cannot get off to an atrocious start because at this point in the season, with not a lot to play for, like you said, you add it all up. And if you're down 13-3 to midway through the second quarter and things are looking bleak, boy, I don't know. You know, you just, you just wonder how a team would respond to that. But I'll, I'll pick Auburn. Close game, pulling away at the end, 26-23. Now, Jason, let's turn our attention to recruiting. And this is what it's going to – what we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about Lee Hunter, Auburn's four-star defensive tackle commit, uh, and then uh, uh, Armani Goodwin, four-star running back who used to be committed to Auburn. And then we're going to let Jason go, and I'll handle the last part by myself. I'm just going to do go down our list of uh, the target watch and tell you what I think about where each recruitment stands. Jason's got a prior commitment. In other words, he's got to get up tomorrow. He can't sleep in in his footy jammies like I can't tell him. <laughs> he's got to get up and drive to Starkville. Uh, Jason, Lee Hunter. You saw him at Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game practices this week. First of all, how did he look? And secondly, how firm do you think he is to Auburn? You just put up a story Friday night on him. Yeah, you know, I actually talked to Lee on Friday night. Uh, he told me that he was he was excited and ready to sign on Wednesday. And, and Keith, we know his his dream has always been to sign with Auburn. That's always what he's talked about. Um, and he's still, he's still on board. And uh, he's a guy that's an early guy, would come in in January. And that's a big deal because Auburn, I mean, you look right now, one of the issues for this team is is finding difference makers on the defensive line. Lee Hunter has the ability to do that. Now, this week is kind of kind of what you see from Lee. He's a physical guy with with great power and great punch up front. I think the key for him is going to be getting in and getting in the strength and conditioning program. He's a guy that probably needs to be um, 15, 20 pounds lighter, which is not not a big surprise for you know a high school defensive lineman, especially a guy that's six four, six five. Um, but I think he's a guy that has tremendous upside, and I think he's a guy that plays really early. Hi, right, Jason. There were there was some other linemen out there that got some buzz too. One of them being Anquin Barnes, who's uh, an Alabama commitment. And and look, in some of those clips, Anquin Barnes looked awfully quick. He looked a little uh, a little more quick twitchy uh, than Lee Hunter. 
Is that a concern? I mean, Lee Hunter has produced on Friday night after Friday night after Friday night. Any concerns about him? And if, if so, what would they be? Yeah, no, I think it's just a matter of him um, in, in terms of getting, you know, being in that top, tip-top shape. No, there's no concern for me in terms of his ability to play uh, interior defensive line on Saturdays. I think, I think the main thing is his power and punch. And, you know, he's a guy that faced, you know, double teams, I would say probably 90% of the time in his high school, especially as a senior. And so he understands um, that. And he's not a guy that probably when you, when you turn on one-on-ones with guys in shells – that's going to wow you. But when you turn on the tape on Friday nights, uh, you see him in there making plays and, and, and making a ton of plays in the running game. I think he's a guy that, that has a chance to be really good. I should point out in his last game, a playoff loss to Spanish Ford, I believe he had 13 solo tackles. Those are Warren Sapp college type. I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a little bit freakish. Now, Jason, real quick here, Armani Goodwin. Four-star running back from Hewitt Trustville, Alabama. Was committed to Auburn for a year and a half, decommitted two weeks ago. He was also at Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game practices. What did you think of him, and what are you hearing? Yeah, you know, I think – you know, I saw him in, in, in week one uh, against Pinson Valley. And um, coming into the game, I talked to Coach Josh Floyd, and he said, hey, still waiting for him to kind of cut it loose because, you know, he missed the majority of his junior year with a knee injury, had surgery. So it was kind of that confidence level – the guy I see now is a much more confident running back than the guy I saw in week one. He's got that quickness, that explosion, and he's trusting that cutting ability a little bit more. And I think probably the thing, too, that stands out to me is I think he's probably trimmed up a little bit during the season. Um, obviously, you know, he's a guy that's never going to be a big back, but he was probably a little heavier early in the season than he is now. And I think when you look at him now, I think he's got that that big play home run you know, threat back. That was really the, the, the biggest part of his game as a freshman and sophomore in high school. And we think he, I mean, you, you think he's going to sign with Auburn next week? I think, I think Auburn has a great shot to get him back. And normally it doesn't happen that way. Normally when guys decommit and they go, well, I'm still looking at that school. Normally they don't come back. I think in this case, Auburn has a great shot to still get him on board. And that'd be a big deal when you look at, at adding, you know, another four-star in, in a position, hey, that, you look at it, you know, Auburn has some running backs, but they've lost a couple guys. And, and, hey, when you can bring a guy in that's a potential home run threat, that's always a big deal. You also don't know who's going to leave after this season. And, yeah, LSU, one of the other schools he's uh, considering, yeah, there's, if there's noise around Auburn, there's, <laughs> there's even more noise <laughs> yes, around LSU right now. Uh, all right, well, that'll do it for Jason Caldwell. I'm going to stick around. We're going to take a commercial break. Jason's got to get going. He's got to get some rest. He'll be traveling to Starkville with Mark Murphy tomorrow to cover the game. Make sure you follow all his coverage on Twitter. Jason, your Twitter is ITATJason, correct? Yep, okay, and then obviously uh, he'll have a lot of stuff at AuburnUndercover.com. Jason, take care. Have a good night's sleep and a safe trip, and we will be right back in just a moment to go over Auburn's recruiting target watch. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I am back. Jason is gone. He's uh, he's brushing his teeth. He's he's putting on his footy jammies too. He we we have matching footy jammies, obviously. He's going to get some rest. 
Uh, right now, we're going to talk recruiting, though. We're going to get deep into recruiting, and it's going to be just me, Keith Niebuhr. I am the recruiting, quote-unquote, insider with uh, 24-7 Sports and, and Auburn Undercover. And we're going to go down the list of the guys that I think are the main targets right now for Auburn with National Signing Day for the early signing period set for next Wednesday, the 16th. It's right around the corner. Right now, Auburn with 12 commits, only the number 42 class in the country. So who's trending up for Auburn right now? Armani Goodwin, who we just mentioned, the four-star running back. We think it's quite conceivable that he ends up back in the class. Another player to watch is cornerback slash safety, Dante Ballfower, out of tiny Stark, Florida. It's in Bradford County, Florida. You ever heard of the state prison, Rayford, where Ted Bundy was imprisoned and Danny Rowling, a lot of the most famous criminals in the state of Florida's history were right down the road. But that's, that's just to give you a point of reference of where it is. It's on a stretch of road on Highway 301 between Gainesville and Jacksonville, about halfway, kind of in the middle of nowhere, off the beaten path. Uh, Virginia and South Carolina discovered Dante earlier this year. Auburn uh, offered this fall and has really taken control of this recruitment. Missouri's in his final group. Tennessee and Oregon both offered this week. So he's really started to blow up, but he is going to announce at 4 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Central on National Signing Day, and he will sign that day. So he's going to announce his commitment, and he's going to sign. We like where Auburn sits right now. He's not an early enrollee, so we got to keep an eye on him. If somebody could get to him and say, hey, hold off, hold off, hold off, uh, that could be problematic for Auburn. But at this point in time, he hasn't visited any of the four schools, proximity to home, relationships. Big for Auburn here, no doubt about it. We like Dante Ballfower to join the class. Another player from that part of the country, South Georgia, Jessup, Wayne County, Trevin Wallace, top 100 prospect, four-star linebacker. He's really blown up this fall. You know, a few schools offered in the spring at linebacker based off his film last year at receiver. He was so athletic, but he had that size, six feet, two, 217, 220 pounds, that schools thought, hey, let's, let's you know, let's, Offer this guy as, a, as, a, as an athlete linebacker, get him in, teach him the position. Well, he's playing linebacker this year, and he's absolutely destroying people, uh, flattening people left and right. He's very fast. He's big. Um, you know, kind of maybe, you know, people have said, you know, where's that big linebacker been for Auburn? Uh, well, he's 6'2", 220-ish, like I said. Uh, Trevin Wallace, he's going to announce his commitment next Wednesday. Again, National Signing Day for the early signing period. There'll be another one in February that he's going to announce Wednesday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern, 9.30 a.m. Central. Auburn is the clear-cut favorite right now, probably followed by Ole Miss. Tennessee's in there. Uh, his uncle played at Oklahoma, um, Florida, potentially a school to keep an eye on. He grew up a Gators fan, but he told me just a few days ago that he's probably not going to look that way. Georgia's still sniffing around just in case they miss somebody else. There could be a late offer there. But right now, Auburn in good position. Uh, Here's another big one. This one is significant. Confirmed today by Brian Doan of 24-7 Sports. I should say confirmed on Friday. George Wilson, four-star defensive end, pass rusher, edge rusher from Virginia Beach Green Run High School, four-star recruit, recently decommitted from South Carolina. He's going to announce not Wednesday, but supposedly on the 18th. Now, that could change. Finalists, Auburn, Florida State, North Carolina. Okay? He's a former South Carolina commit, like I said, when Will Muschamp was fired. George D. committed. He is visiting Auburn on his own dime this weekend. Auburn's out of town. So what can you gain from that? What can you glean from a trip like that? Well, you can get a feel for the campus. You can get a feel for the restaurants. Uh, you get a feel for what kind of people live there. 
Uh, but he wants to see Auburn, and this is the final week before the early signing period begins. That is big for Auburn. Um, now, he's looking for staff stability. So, obviously, he's going to need some answers there. But the fact he's taking this last-minute trip to Auburn certainly would seem to bode well for the Tigers. Now, he's got to like it there. He's got to like it there. There's no question about that. But we like where Auburn sits with George Wilson. Another one, another big name to watch, Terrence Lewis, five-star linebacker out of Miami Central, recently decommitted from Tennessee. Before that, he was committed to Florida. Now, you'd think a kid like that wouldn't want any more attention, wouldn't need any more attention, but I think Terrence likes the attention. So on Monday, he's going to name his final three, and it looks like he will sign, announce his – well, we don't know. We're, we've got somebody – talking to him as we're recording this podcast, but there's a chance uh, we think he could sign and announce a decision next Wednesday and sign, but we're, we're waiting for all the final stats on that, the final information, excuse me, Intel. But the bottom line is that Auburn, most people think is in a favorable spot right now. He visited Auburn a couple weekends ago and then decommitted from Tennessee the same day he left for home. He visited with his mother. They flew, I believe to Atlanta, drove over and, um, all indications are from people that, that we know that know him that he had a great time and he was really talking up Auburn like that's where he wanted to go. Uh, so five-star linebacker, big. So if you can land Terrence Lewis and Trevin Wallace at linebacker, the future looks good at that spot, especially after landing three really good linebackers last year, Desmond Tisdall, Wesley Steiner, um, and then the other guy, oh, goodness gracious, uh, Cam Riley. Woof, boy, sometimes I get lost in my own brain here. So – some big ones. So, so right now, Auburn, again, sitting with the number 42 class in the country, but the potential to certainly get in the top 20, regroup, and then sign some more guys in February. Another guy to keep an eye on, we think Auburn's got a real shot here, Byron Young, Georgia Military College. Interesting story. He's 22. He's from South Carolina. Didn't have the grades in high school. Didn't go to college at first. Moved to Columbus, Georgia with a couple of brothers. Got a part-time job. Saw an ad online one day for tryouts for Georgia military's football program, called him up. Next thing you know, a week later, he's over there trying out. They fell in love with him, had a big first year. Now this year, this season, there really was no season. So they played kind of scrimmage games, but in his limited film, he absolutely is just destroying the quarterback and getting after it as a guy that looks like a potentially high level edge rusher. So look, a lot of schools offered him Florida state, Tennessee, Georgia, Missouri, LSU, Auburn in decent position. Of all those schools, he's only visited one recently that we know of, and that was Auburn. Again, he's living in Columbus, Georgia with his brother. He's still working a part-time job at a, at a, at a local uh, convenience store. So that proximity to home could be big here, but he has kind of done some homework here. He knows as a junior college guy, he doesn't necessarily have to sign. He can just wait see how things unfold, see who signs who, see who needs him the most. That's what he said to me. Hey, I want to know who needs me the most. So he potentially could ride it out, wait it out, and then just show up at his next stop next in January. But Auburn seems to be in a strong position here. We will see. So I'm going to give you a couple more guys to keep an eye on right now. Keon White. This one, I think we're going to have to wait a while for some resolution here, but he's a, a graduate transfer from Old Dominion, okay? Old Dominion, you're thinking, what's the, yeah, how good could he be? Well, a <laughs> former three-star recruit, redshirted a year, then played tight end, and then last year he moved to defensive end. He's six feet four, 267 pounds. In his one year at defensive end, all he did was record 19 and a half tackles for loss and was an all-conference performer. He's a guy that is 
that NFL teams, we are told, are very well aware of him. He could be a one-and-done guy at his next stop. He's probably going to still continue to take classes this spring at Old Dominion and then show up in the summer at his next uh, next school. But certainly somebody that Auburn is recruiting extremely hard. Right now, though, we do not think Auburn leads. We think maybe Georgia Tech could be the team to watch. They ran on him early. He's a high academic guy, not to knock Auburn's academics or any of the other schools writing him, but Georgia Tech at least feels like, hey, their academic situation uh, could be quite beneficial for Keon White, but certainly somebody to keep an eye on. Um, a couple of guys Auburn's probably trending down for, um, but maybe not too soon to come out. It's too soon to count Auburn out. Rock Taylor, wide receiver out of Oxford. Right now, gosh, Auburn only has one receiver committed, but they just signed five in 2020. Uh, but Rock Taylor out of Oxford, Alabama, Tennessee commit, committed to Tennessee several months ago. Um, he's always said he's solid, but there was some chatter recently that maybe those two sides would part ways. Uh, maybe it would be Tennessee's call. Uh, that apparently is not going to happen. It sounds like as of recording, as we're recording this, that Lock Taylor is locked in with, with the balls. Another one, Jeremiah Williams, four-star edge rusher from Birmingham, Alabama's Ramsey High School, committed to Florida. Some around him were told still want him at Auburn, but it seems like time is running out and his social media posts are extremely pro-Florida at this time. So we think it's looking doubtful with both of those guys. Now, could there be some new names emerge? Absolutely. Possibly one guy to keep an eye on if Auburn can't land Armani Goodwin, and maybe even if they do, uh, you know, they're still kicking the tires, we think, with Cody Brown, four-star running back from the metro Atlanta area that's committed to Tennessee. So keep an eye on that. It's possible. Uh, Almost 1,400 yards this season, seven and a half yards per carry. Uh, Big back out of the mold of Cameron Petway, big physical back. And maybe one more guy to keep an eye on. Uh, Not maybe, definitely, definitely. And I'll tell you why. Well, first of all, let me give you his name. It's Ian Matthews, and he's a big defensive end slash tackle from Columbus, Georgia. Pacelli, 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 however you pronounce it. Uh, I've actually been there to a game. I saw Montrevious Adams, the former Tigers great play there. Uh, it also, for you trivia buffs, is uh, the alma mater of one Miss Donna Derrico of Baywatch fame. I know a lot of you are Baywatch fans. Uh, I I'm guessing, I have to assume that that's the case. But, but Ian Matthews, uh, Ian, big kid, 6'5", 270, 280, 290 in that range. We haven't been able to get a firm uh, weight on him, but he also plays basketball. And we're told that that basketball footage of him really kind of caught college football program's attention because of the soft feet, the flexibility, the agility. When you go to an NFL game and you go out on the field before the game, Uh, as a media person and fans, if you get there early and you see the guys warming up on the field, you know, 90 minutes before kickoff and you, and you witness these 300 pound guys lifting their toes above their head, showing that great flexibility. That's why this matters. That's why people like this guy. Uh, Point of attack needs to get more physical. I'm told by some people with some, uh, some college coaching experience, but a, a really nice upside guy. Now, what does this mean for Auburn? Auburn, have they offered? Well, he reported an Auburn offer recently. We were told it was a, a, that Auburn is still evaluating him, though. But should Auburn miss on somebody else? Should Auburn have a spot open? This is a guy they could take a run at. Uh, no question about it. Georgia Tech involves some other schools. But he is not a bad player at all. Um, kind of off the radar that has uh, had a big season, and now people are really starting to notice him. So remember the name Ian Matthews. And listen, just a few years ago, Caleb Johnson out of Columbus, Georgia, 
was a guy that we said, hey, keep an eye on. Keep an eye on. He's got an offer. We don't know how hard they're pushing. If they push, look out. Same situation here. Uh, you know, again, could play in, could play tackle. Auburn's got two tackles committed, Lee Hunter and Marquise Robinson. Do they need a third? Maybe. Uh, but he can do a little bit of both. So keep an eye on Ian Matthews. And uh, really, guys, that is it for this edition of uh, the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Jason Caldwell, obviously, off to bed. I finished it up here. Hopefully, I didn't put you guys to sleep. Um, but, you know, National Signing Day right around the corner. Big game Saturday for the Tigers uh, because they're all big right now because every loss just uh, creates this vacuum of, of noise that uh, has to be uh, difficult for fans and, and coaching staff alike. Uh, but a unique situation at Auburn right now. But Auburn actually is poised to potentially have a strong day Wednesday. Now, we'll see. And that will not push, even if they do, the class anywhere near the top 10. Still a lot of work to do. Still transfers to look at. Obviously, they have two transfers committed already. Uh, Eric Wilson, the guard from Harvard, possible starter day one. Grant Calcaterra, Calcaterra from Oklahoma, former All-Big 12 tight end, possible day one starter. Certainly, those guys will be major contributors. Auburn looking for help at offensive tackle. Only two offensive linemen committed, plus Eric Wilson, the transfer. Don't be surprised if the Tigers grab one or even two offensive tackles in the transfer market. But anyway, that's enough. I appreciate everybody stopping by. Check out auburnundercover.com for more. This is Keith Niebuhr. Again, we want to thank Jason Caldwell for stopping by with us earlier this evening. And everybody take care. Have a safe weekend. And try to be calm, cool, and collective. Whatever happens happens. Take care, everybody. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.